Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.33 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers head coach Dave Tippett just joined us on Oilers Now. We're going to grab a couple of those clips and get to them again at 1.20. But at this time, as we do every Tuesday, we are joined by Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the horses in Horse Racing Alberta. This will be Mark last appearance. No, wait, he's going to do Friday's show. Uh, but uh, then Mark and myself are going to take a little bit of a break for a couple of weeks, few weeks, and then get back after in September when the uh, Canadian Derby is going to take place out at Century Mile. Live thoroughbred racing back at Century Mile Friday and Sunday evenings. Back to full fan access, but you can always watch and wager online at hbibet.com post time 6.15. Hello, Mark Spector. How you doing? Oh, pretty good, Bobby. Interesting words from Dave Tippett, I thought. Well, what uh, what what sort of caught your uh, ear? Um, well, I'm, I, I think we've all heard him talk about Evan Bouchard's role next year, but he was uh, so I was surprised to hear that he's you know looking like a guy that's going to get the job. I was happy to hear that he's training with Darnell Nurse. Uh, you know, people who sometimes wonder why you have veterans or or why you sign certain guys. Nurse is a guy that. If Evan Bouchard is training with him all summer, uh, you're going to get a young player coming back in here in you know with in fantastic shape, well, better than he would have been. Well, Nurse is a stud. Mark, just for full disclosure, uh, I don't like talking necessarily all. I don't like belittling players. Uh, you know that report in eight to ten pounds heavier than they were maybe the year before, but last. Uh, January, uh, Evan Bouchard was in about as good a shape as there was for any Oilers player, as you know. Mm-hmm. He, his body composition was completely different. He'd been playing over in Sweden. Uh, he wanted to take, he had a good off-season training. Now it's even, I mean, if he's working with Nurse, that's even a, a better scenario for the Oilers as well. Well, and, and I think there's a lot of, you know, this is a recognition, I'm sure, of Nurse on Nurse's part that this is a young guy that could become a very important part of this team. And, you know, it's not just the physical shape that you get in. It's spending a, you know, a good portion of your summer with one of the guys who's wearing an A in Edmonton. And it's it's really, uh, that's what a veteran does to bring in a, 
particularly important young player, right? He's investing in this young guy. And, you know, Tippett said Bouchard probably start in a third period, but he sees a lot of opportunity to move up from there. And I think most of the people listening to this show would be happy to hear that. Bob. Yeah, I, well, it would not surprise me in the least if, you know, I put it this way. I, with Yessa Pogliarvi, I thought it was a possibility that, you know, a third of the way into the season, you know, we'd see where he'd end up. The reality is he was going to have to work on various... What what surprised me last year with Yasa Speck is he was a completely different player than when he left. You know what I'm saying? Like, before he kind of played on the perimeter, was looking to one-time pucks, and he wasn't in the guts of the game, and he came back, and he was completely in the guts of the game. He was the the first four-checker. He went to the paint. He created... created, you know, some things with Kyle Turris, and Kyle struggled right from the get-get. I mean, the owners never got the Kyle Turris they were hoping for, and nope. and he worked his way up in the lineup. And that was a little bit, to me, to be honest with you, a little bit of a surprise that he was as complete of a player and had, you know, and was engaged as he was. I'm not going to be surprised, Mark, if Evan Bouchard, 25 to 30 games a year, is basically playing top four minutes. I could see that happening here at Edmonton. Yeah, well, that's the hope, right? That's the hope. And, you know, that bomb that he has, uh, you know, you want him on the ice following up the play because he can shoot it. He would probably have the best slap shot on that Edmonton blue line. I think it's fair to say, Bob. Uh, So do you want him, you know, does he get some power play time? Well, Tyson Berry's back now, so he may get some power play time. Berry won't play 82 games, but... Uh, you know, let's listen. We've waited on this player, right? The team's been patient. Many say too patient. I know you thought too patient, Bob. Well, we're all looking forward to finally unwrapping this thing and then seeing Evan Bouchard play a full season and every night. And let's see what kind of player we got here. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's going to be interesting on uh, the defense front. Uh, and again, Mark, I mean, you look at it at the end of the day here. It's a very different look. They don't have Larson. Uh, see, I'm going to see Brian Burke later today, actually, down in Red Deer. Uh, CC, I know Pittsburgh made him an offer to, uh, to to get him re-signed. He had a pretty good year basically playing as a 4-5 or five D-man for the, uh, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. But it's interesting what Dave said about Duncan Keith, too, about his engagement level and involvement level in trying to assist in the recruitment of players. What do you think of that? Well, that's how it has to go. You know, I think that's a, a sign of a healthy team, right? That's a sign of a healthy team when, you know, I get it. The guys, the leadership group, they're signed on and they've dug in here. And we also mentioned Zach Cassian as a guy that's been here through some rough years. And, you know, I, I hope that we will see him play uh, the way Tippett described him in that conversation. But uh, that's leadership, right? It's not just standing up before a game and giving a big rah-rah Newt Rockney speech. In fact, that happens a lot less than people think. Uh, part of leadership is what nurses do with Bouchard. It's with players taking time out of their summers to recruit people. You know, we, we all heard how Duncan Keith came in the door and immediately started doing those things and was trying to help convince Ryan Getzlaff to get up here. So that's what you want. That's what you want for your players. You don't want guys that just turned off their cell phone when they leave the exit meeting and turn it back on in training camp, right? So there's 12 months a year involved in this. Well, and just specific to Ryan Getzlaff, um, and I'll include Andrew Cogliano in this, two veteran guys 
that have been part of championship teams that are at the stage now where they're in support roles. Uh, Cog signed a one-year deal in San Jose, and Getzlaff signed a one-year deal in Edmonton. Or, sorry, a one-year deal in Anaheim. And we'll see what happens with those teams. Maybe they both end up making the playoffs. But if they don't, players like that on one-year deals with experience are the type of teams that maybe less experienced teams that look like they're going to make the playoffs sometimes add. So just keep that in mind. It, right? yeah, that's fair. Right? That's you, fair. All right. Zach Cassian, Mark. I put a tweet out on Saturday saying, could easily foresee a scenario where Zach Cassian plays full-time in the top nine and potentially gets significant time in the Edmonton Oilers' top six at the start of the season. I think we may see a line of Fogel, three-year extension, $2.75 million, Ryan McLeod, and Connor Yamamoto. And that would be a third line that would get soft-minute matchup against third pairings on opposition teams and against bottom six forwards. That would mean that Cassian in that scenario, because Archibald's going to be on the fourth line, penalty killing. You heard Dave Tippett talk about that. Uh, that would mean that Cassian would be in the, back in the top six. It was met with a fair amount of derision uh, from the uh, more so the analytics-driven types uh, in uh, oil country, but there was a lot of... Uh, hate for that tweet. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I think they got to find a way to get this guy engaged. What about you? Well, I, I there's two sides to this thing. Like sometimes, if if you feel like putting Zach Cassian in a top six role, you're going to get the Zach Cassian from the 2017 playoffs. Then if you do it and you get that player, you're going to be smart, right? And it's a good move. But I'm a guy that you know what? It's a chicken and egg, right, Bob? Play me more and I'll play better. And the coach says, "See, play better and I'll play you more." Yep. You know, and that's where we're at with Zach Cassian. What on earth has Zach Cassian done to deserve a spot? Fair comment. Team, right? Fair comment. But Nothing. It's a, but it's a new year, and he, you know, he played okay with Nugent Hopkins on that line against Winnipeg in the triple overtime game. I, I just think, you know, he's a three point two five million dollar cap hit. You got to find a way to get more out of this guy than just being slotted in on the fourth line spec. In the end, that's, in the end, that's, you know, you hit it on the head, Bob. This guy, you're invested in this guy, like it or not, and it's Tippett's job to get the most out of him. So, you know, it, let's just say for fun, he gets a shot on the second line right wing, and 15 games in the season, you're not seeing it, he won't be there anymore. You know, this will be, this will be a crucial point in Zach Cassian's career with Edmonton. If they start him out, by basically gifting him a spot higher up, uh, the coach is looking for some payback from the player. Okay, you want your opportunity? Here's your opportunity. Do something with it. So we will learn uh, a lot about Zach Cassian's ability to do something with it, frankly. I don't see how you know, I, I, he's in good shape. His injuries haven't been, you know, like the kind of injuries that slow you down. Right. I don't see why Zach Cassian can't find that game that we're all looking for from him. But if he gets this chance early in the season, Bob, he better find that game. Hundred percent. He's going to fall right off the radar in this town. Yeah, and again, I just, I, you know, when I put the tweet out, I'm saying, I don't expect him. I, I think Archibald's going to be on the fourth line with Shore and Ryan, and we'll see. Like, does you know that now? That throw that out the window if Benson comes in and you know kills it in preseason or 
you know, there's, and we'll see what happens with McLeod, because I think what's really going to happen with Derek Ryan is he is going to insulate uh, Ryan McLeod a bit in the lineup, depending upon who the opponent is and, and that sort of situation. So it, it's going to be intriguing to me to see how it all plays out. But certainly the coach gave you the sentiment that he knows they've got greater depth. They've got a yeah. different type of defense. Goaltending, Mark, if it was a question mark going into the start of last season, it's it's got to be stated it's probably still a little bit of a question mark. I actually think Koskinen's going to be better than 899. It wouldn't surprise me if he was 910. And I, I would find it hard to believe that Mike Smith could be 923 again at 40 or 39 years of age. That would be hard to do. But if they're both around 910, 912, I think Edmonton's going to be okay here. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the, you know, we, we've talked about how there's two sides to evidence goaltending last season. Like, you look at their numbers, their, their numbers together, seventh in the league in, in save percentage, yep. you know, in all strengths. That's just, uh, you know, a set of a four ball. I don't care what the names are of the guys. If you tell me I'm going to get um, my save percentage is going to be seventh in the league, I'm, I'm going in the year happy with that. I take that every year, Bob, right? I take it every year in a 32-team league. But, you know, we all know. We watch Koskinen play, and <laughs> it's different with goalies, right? It's just different. You know, that save percentage doesn't mean much when they're sifting by the glove side night after night. So, you know, the numbers don't lie. Koskinen's probably a better goalie than we give him credit for, I'll be honest with you. His numbers are better than we give him credit for. But, you know what? I'm an eye test guy in the end. And the eye test on Koskinen, it's not that good. No. And maybe one that at times I think there's some exasperation that you're not sure what you're going to get from him. Yep. Consistent inconsistency. All right, Spec. Uh, Ryan Murray signed <laughs> with uh, Colorado. One year deal, $2 million bucks. Again, my belief is the Oilers did make an offer on Ryan, but probably couldn't get above $1.25 million. Yeah. Uh, good defenseman. I'm led to believe he actually turned down more money with a couple of weaker teams than Colorado. Um, do, you see, do you see the Oilers adding, you know, do they re-sign Cuckoo as an example? What do you think they do? Well, I think they want another guy back there, another veteran guy. I sort of feel bad for Laguson a little bit, and, and maybe they just don't think that he's ready and never will be. Like, at what point, at what point, Bob, is the answer to this question that you're asking me right now ever going to be William Laguson? You know? Is it ever going to be William Laguson? Yeah. Is it? I don't know. I'm, I'm asking you. He's been hanging around as the seventh and eighth defenseman on this team for, like, how many years now? Didn't he just sign last year a two-year deal? Yeah, he signed a two-year deal. It was a two-way this past year, and it's a one-way this upcoming season. Right. So, like, they've signed him as a one-way guy, but no one thinks he's a solution as your third-pairing left, left-side defenseman. So, if he's not the solution yet at this point, like, he's developed, man. How old is William Lagson, Bob? Uh, he was 24 last year. I'm not sure at what point he turns 25. Okay, so this is 25-year-old season, right? He might be around. 25, actually. I'm just trying to do the math. Look it up. He was a 2014, and Leon's 25. So hold on a sec here. You know, my point would be, when does the ship sail on William Lagason? Or when does you do what you're doing with Bouchard and say, okay, the guy's paid his dues, he gets to play. Yeah, Lagason's but, 25. Yeah. So. One of the things that hurt him, wrist injury. Right, he, he he had surgery a few years ago, and then he banged up his wrist again. They gave him opportunity. I mean, the guy got into 19 games during the course of the season, just couldn't you know kick the door down for himself. 
Yeah, he always seems to be a guy that's filling in for somebody, and when that somebody comes back in from injury, Lagesson's back in the press box. So I honestly could say, Bob, having covered the orders his entire career here, I really don't know how good a player he is because he's you know he played 19 games, but did he ever play five in a row? No. You know, yeah. I don't know how good he is. He's always coming in after a month and a half off. Yeah. So I guess my point would be either use this player or lose this player because him hanging around as your eighth guy, it's kind of getting futile. Uh, Mark, we're going to talk about two of your favorite topics when we come back, gambling and women's soccer. Awesome. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of an Elks discussion too. It's 1247 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector with you. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Oilers now. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Edmonton Elks kick off their regular season Friday night. Spec, you getting jacked up for some CFL football? Yeah, I'm pumped. It's Saturday night, though, isn't it? Is it Saturday? It's Saturday night, yeah. All right, fire the host. I got delicious. tickets. I'm going to the game. It better be Saturday because that's when I'm showing up. You know up. what? I have an invite to the game as well. I better get back to that. <laughs> there we go. So, uh... Look, we all grew up watching the uh, E football team back in the day. Uh, it's been a year and a half. Well, it's been, you know, what, they didn't play at all last season. So, I really, I, I, one thing, Mark, I just want to wish those guys the best of luck. The Elks and, and the CFL itself. And these are pretty regular dudes that play in that league. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's getting rich playing in the Canadian football league. They are not. And, and you know, and this is a crucial time, like, that they need to bounce back from this absence. We all know the CFL is never, you know, swimming in profits. Uh, and when it, when everything ended for them and they missed a year and a sum here, uh, this is a crucial time. Like they need to get re-embraced here by fans, by media, by you know. Look, I'm not a TSN guy, but I hope TSN's TV numbers are good. Uh, let's hope that Canada doesn't sort of use the pandemic as a reason to forget a little bit. I certainly haven't. I've been looking forward to CFL start, and I'll watch a couple games this weekend, and I plan to be there Saturday night to see him play the Red Blacks. Bob, I'm looking forward to it. There you go. Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing, Alberta Live Thoroughbred Racing at Century Mile. Friday and Sunday evenings, they're back to full fan access, but you can always watch and wager online at hbibet.com, post time 6.15. We'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos, Chris, Stake, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, which uh, is open Wednesday through Sunday, 5 until 10 p.m. Their Oilers Now injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Trent Brown. Speck, I think Trent Brown is the best uh, player produced at the University of Alberta in the last 35 years. Uh, wow. Trent Trent Brown and the gang at uh, James H. Brown, the heavy hitters of injury law. And Trent became a big hitter as a safety, moved over from cornerback. When accidents happen, go to uh, jameshbrown.com. Trying to think of, like, they've had some good offensive linemen out of UVA. It hasn't been a dominant program. Uh, But, I mean, Trent was an all-star safety in the uh, Canadian Football League, so he gets my vote. For well, and you think of guys like, you know, my back in my day, guys like Jeff Funtaz, the star players in Canadian college football often don't go as far as a good offensive lineman, right. a good safety or DB, right? You know, those are the Canadian positions in the CFL aren't quarterback and running back. Right. So you go to college games and you see a superstar quarterback or a great running back, 
And then you go to an Eskimo game, and the guy you're watching from the U of A Golden Bears play left, you know, right guard. <laughs> so it's different. That's all I'm saying. And Trent was a good player, man. He's a good player at both levels. All right. Uh, did you watch? How much of the Olympics have you watched? Not enough. I'm not going to say I've watched a ton. I, I am. I had identified this Canada-Sweden game, and I plan to watch it. Uh, I caught um, uh, DeGrasse uh, doing the 200 this morning. Yep. And Brown also got through, so that's two guys we got. So I'm catching some, Bob. It's a tough time zone thing, and the weather's been nice. I'm at the lake. I'm not sitting in front of the TV a lot. I love the Olympics. I kind of wish I was watching a little bit more than I am, I'll be honest with you. You went to Athens, right, in 04? Yeah, I was in Athens. Yeah, okay. Did you see the uh, reaction, not from all of the American players, but Megan Rapino after they were... Uh, Brendan, you want to jump in here? Because... Uh, yeah, we can just preface this all by saying I think that the U.S. women's national team is the most arrogant, ignorant group of athletes that I have ever come across in my lifetime. And it's the way that they celebrate. It's the way that they behave. And, and with this latest Rapino incident, it just kind of further cemented it. Like, how about show some respect for your opponent when you lose? Like, I... I, I uh, you know, and I, I'm telling you, there have it, and and what's happened here is it's been a field day for the people that are maybe a little bit less. Uh, what's the term I want to use? Less in love with uh, the woke left, because obviously there's a lot like that. That women's uh, soccer program in when they won the uh, World Cup in in Vancouver spec, that was. They were like the most popular women's team in the United States, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they've and they've pushed, and and a lot of people would say, well, it's good that they've pushed in all these different areas. That's fine. My only issue, only thing I'd say is, I think when you lose, show some humility in defeat. And I'm not quite sure. She's like, we never lose to Canada. We haven't ever lost to them in 20 years. Like, you know, how about just say, like they never played well in the entire event. And then she was basically dismissive of a of a another country, which happened to be our. Like, put it this way, um, I don't think you'd see Connor McDavid if Canada was defeated by the U.S. And let's hope this doesn't happen in the Olympics. I'd say everybody gets to go, and Canada shoots the U.S. thirty-five to twenty and loses a two-one game. I think that the Canadian players would respect the sport and understand that that can happen sometimes. Just like it, well, can, it can happen, you know, Brazil lost to Italy in 82, and Brazil had a hell of a team. You know, that sport, like, upsets happen once in a while. You know what I'm saying? Well, we're in, first of all, we're in semifinals of an international tournament, so all the teams are good. Yes. Right? And I would remind that, it, was it not at the last Olympics that the U.S. beat Canada on a lousy call? On a, yes. On a penalty call that was a terrible call. That had it gone the other way, we, you know, the Rapinos of the world would have talked about the injustice for years to come. I mean, they, the United States was gifted that victory over Canada, and now Canada beats them fair and square. And they're, you know what, Bob? This, this, there's all we've always talked about the ugly American, right? And that women's team has shown themselves to be the ugly Americans of international soccer. They pound their chests when they win. They're dismissive when they lose. They beat teams by a lot of goals when they didn't have to. 
Uh, you know what? And sometimes the old chicken comes home to roost. And I hope they got a good seat in front of the TV tomorrow when Canada's playing Sweden. All right. Uh, we need lots more information to know what's going on on our next topic. But it appears. Did you read Kevin Kurz's piece today in the Athletic? Now he did not quote a player. He just said sources say there was an indication that maybe some of the guys on the team wouldn't. And I, I want to quantify it because he did not say this player said this. But maybe there would be a thought process that it might be good for Evander Kane to be moved along. I actually thought Evander Kane played pretty well last year for the San Jose Sharks. Of course, for the listeners out there, you're probably aware of the fact that Kane, soon-to-be ex-wife, has suggested that Evander Kane was betting on San Jose Sharks games. And that's mm-hmm. not good. That's it's. I mean, it's written right in the dressing room of every team that you go in, in every dressing room in the NHL, right on the on the back side of the door as you go to the dressing room. You know, it, it's it's illegal in the National Hockey League to bet on uh, hockey games. And so, this is a serious thing. This is a serious thing. Is it not, Spec? One that the league's going to have to uh, do a fair amount of investigation on. Oh, very much so. There, they've already launched an investigation, and they're gonna listen. They're gonna have to figure it out. You can't just dismiss an allegation like this when you're the National Hockey League or any sports league. Vander Kane, the, the reason you know, as good a player as he is, Bob, right? He's a good player, but that's how much drama and negative drama that Evander Kane has always brought to the table. That a player of his abilities is, I would absolutely suspect and believe 100% that many of the players on his team would love to see his butt walking out the door in San Jose because there's too much drama, right? There was too much drama in Winnipeg with this guy. There's too much drama in San Jose with this player. There's been too much drama his whole career. I don't care how good he is. He's not worth it. You know, and, and the last thing I'll say, and you're, in, you're inside the bubble a little bit, Bob, even more than I am, but what listeners and everyone have to remember here is the drama that we see and the, the, the things we hear about with a, any player who, who brings a lot of off-ice issue to the game, like to the dressing room, like Evander Kane, the amount that we hear about, it's usually, you know, 10 to 20% of what's really going on. Yeah. Right, there is way more going on between Evander Kane and what's going on in that dressing room. Likely, and I don't know this for a fact, likely, history tells us, between Evander Kane's wife and all the other wives, between Evander Kane's agent and all the management, between Evander Kane and the training staff. You know, and we only know the tip of the iceberg that gets reported, and I'm saying that as a reporter. There is, it's like cockroaches. You see one, you got a thousand. This guy is not worth it, pal. He wasn't worth it in Winnipeg. He's not worth it in San Jose. And you want to read a guy beat on a hockey team, if any team I'm ever covering brings that player in to play for him, it's going to be an ugly column. Mark, we'll talk on Friday for our last hit before we take a little bit of a break. All right, Bobby, have a great day. There you go. 12.59 in Edmonton. Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Live thoroughbred racing back Century Mile Friday and Sunday evenings at 6.15 p.m. post time. Back to full fan access, but you can always watch and wager online at hbibet.com. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, former Western League player Terry Lowen from the Battle of Alberta Golf Tournament, an event that features roughly 30 players, 15 from the Oilers, 15 from the 
Flames. It's going to take place in Red Deer. Coming up, uh, an event tonight and then the tournament tomorrow. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.